This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. where The features are completely free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites, and uh, we give it away. So enjoy it free over at Free Talk Live. Dot com. Show is about your calls if you make them, 800-259-9231. Otherwise, we go to uh, some interesting things that we have prepared, including this one from ContrarianProfits.com, uh, where I was sent, by, sent this by uh, Manuel Laura from LewRockwell.com today. And it I think it touches on something that I, I think we might have speculated about in the past, Mark. I don't think that there was ever necessarily anything that was... Obviously, blowing uh, as far as in the wind about this sort of change to the 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 country, this country's airports, the situation in the airports. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But here it is. Mark Nesman writes: Last year, I wrote that if Uncle Sam gets his way, we'd all be on no-fly lists unless the government gives us permission to leave or re-enter the United States. And that day has now arrived. But in addition to obtaining Big Brother's permission to travel internationally. A final rule pursuant to the U.S. Transportation Security Administration's Secure Flight Initiative says we must now get their permission to travel from state to state. At some point in the future, you'll need to reveal your name, gender, and date of birth when you make a domestic airline reservation. The airline will then contact the TSA to determine if you're cleared to board. See, this is a, this is the new step. This is the extra bureaucratic hurdle that all the airline companies will now have to be jumping through in order to do business. They have to run, they will have to run every single passenger through some sort of federal approval process. Sort of like how the feds would like every business to run every potential employee through an approval process. They love to collect these databases. And we also know that there is, a, right now, that there is a list of people that you aren't supposed to do business supposed to do business with if you're in business there's some sort of terrorist list or suspected terrorist list uh wherein you're supposed to check this list particularly car dealers for whatever reason are uh, kind of johnny on the spot i guess uh checking these lists they're the ones that are doing it the most i guess but it's supposedly some rule that any business is supposed to check all their customers against this list I don't know how true that is. I, I remember reporting on it in the past. So the, the federal government is putting lists out there and demanding that all kinds of businesses check them before they're allowed to do business with you. And that's what's happening here. You know, um, it's, it's, it's one thing if they, these lists uh, amounted to catching terrorists, of which I've never heard any uh, example of that. Nope. It's another thing entirely if a normal person is somehow waylaid, uh, you know, not even not just a little bit, um, but like a great deal. These no-fly lists, it's darn difficult if you end up on one of these no-fly lists, if your name ends up. I I don't mean you, because it could be somebody else with your name, and then you're just not flying. You're absolutely right. Here's more to the story. Uh, So you'll need to ask Big Brother's permission to travel state to state, and at some point... Uh, it says here, if you're on any of the TSA's watch lists, which includes such deceased terrorists as Saddam Hussein, along with live ones such as Senator Edward Kennedy, you'll need to provide an official document acceptable for federal identification purposes in order to travel. Examples of acceptably, uh, acceptable identity documents are passports and the enhanced driver's licenses required under the ill-fated Real ID Act. And if you can't produce such a document, well, you just can't board the plane. This is the first time, by the way, that the U.S. government has restricted the right of sovereign citizens to travel inside the United States since the Civil War. 
And the TSA is imposing this restriction despite numerous rulings from the Supreme Court indicating that you have a constitutional right to travel. Just maybe not a constitutional right to fly. According to the court, the uh, right to travel is not a mere conditional liberty subject to, uh, subject to regulation and control under conventional due process or equal protection standards, but a virtually unconditional personal right. Uh, see, they put that word virtually in there. Virtually just completely negates anything else mm. because virtually doesn't mean totally. It means, well, mostly except maybe some exceptions. And it says here that international travel is specifically protected as well for travel abroad, like travel within the country, said the Supreme Court, may be necessary for a livelihood. Freedom of movement is basic to our scheme of values. Further, the U.S. government has reiterated in its most recent report to the United Nations Human Rights Committee that in the United States, the right to travel both domestically and internationally is constitutionally protected. Perhaps it's time the government amend this declaration. What this amounts to is essentially a reprise of the infamous internal passport system, in effect, in the former Soviet Union. In 1933, Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin introduced internal passports that prohibited Soviet citizens from leaving their place of residence without permission. Over time, the internal passport became the prime instrument of Soviet oppression over its citizens. It's bad enough needing to ask Uncle Sam for permission to leave the United States and to re-enter it. But an internal passport is a blueprint for, to, uh, for totalitarianism. And he's absolutely right. But you have to ask yourself, what are the American people going to do about this? Um, nothing. Not a damn thing. They're going to... Uh well, bend over. Well, yeah, you don't have to bend spread over. Spread them. You don't have to spread them today uh, going through the, the, the TSA's nonsense, uh -huh. their security theater uh, that doesn't do anything uh, to make you safe. I mean, as though uh, somehow right. if you got nine ounces of uh, bottled water on an airplane, a terrorist would, would you open up the, the bottle and a terrorist pops out. I don't know. I mean, it's such nonsense. You have this bottled water thing is, is one of the great ones. There was that scare over in England, I guess, and uh, some terrorists had talked about using uh, hy uh, hydrogen cyanide or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, make, making cyanide gas essentially in the uh, in the airplane. Apparently, this requires a Bunsen burner <laughs> and uh, six hours and. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you like maybe you could use some liquids to do that, but you'd need a, a lab at the same time. You're not saving anyone. For one thing, I don't there's not too many 6-hour flights inside the United States, period. So any domestic flight that would allow liquids, what's the point? Um uh, you, there's not time to make the, the, the to do the the experiment yeah. or whatever. Well, they and, were they're just full of it. Yeah, they're absolutely full of it. Nobody's going to hijack a the plane with a pair of nail clippers? No. So here you here you have it. Uh, I mean, what do, what can you do about this? If you want to get from point A to point B, and point A to point B requires flying in an airplane, then I mean, we already know from the last five years that you gotta bow, you gotta bow down in order to get on the plane, and now it's going to be even more subservience to the state. Now, I, I know Gardner Goldsmith, actually, uh, we just came, by the way, from his uh, his mom's uh, funeral, which uh, was, well, a funeral, but it was good to see Gard, and he's, yeah. he seems to be doing well. Didn't he suggest something like uh, a bunch of activists going into the airport and, like, going up against the, uh, the, the like, purposefully messing with the, the TSA people, like, going in with the intention gumming of... up the works. Yeah, of gumming it up as a possibility. What's, you know, like, I... I see that, but at the same time, what you're doing is you're making it very difficult for some people to get to their flights. Some, you know, the guy who That's shows up. That's just it, right? I mean, there's so many. There's social pressure to to, to conform. 
I think so that it's, it's don't step out of line. I understand. That I, I get where you're coming from, but there's really no no point in in that um, in gumming up their works because it's not going to show anybody anything except the people gumming up the works suck. Um, yeah. w- instead, I think that a superior thing to do would be to go there, stand there with a sign or whatever. Yeah. Pass out literature. That's an idea. That's, that I they mean, won't like that because you know I've, if you pass out literature that says, look, you know, here's here's proof the TSA sucks. They're, yeah. they're incompetent. Um, you know, here here in uh, Denver, their uh, their own red team tested themselves on uh, guns, knives, and fake gun knives and bombs um, and they miss 90% of them on the average they miss at the very least half because they're not keeping you safe this is just a bunch of nonsense oh look at the shiny new badges what comes next Jack's, jack boots and trenchons I'll tell you, what come, I'll tell you what comes next uh, you're going to see more roadblocks type activities I mean, as soon as they put the as soon as they convert the airports into total police states which you could argue they already are uh, but it just seems to it seems to keep getting worse. Uh, they're going to expand out. We know they've done it. Uh, now they're doing it on Greyhound buses. They're stopping buses. They're checking people on buses. We know that the TSA at one point was actually checking people at bus stops uh, in Indianapolis last year. And so, how far are we away from? state workers stopping people at the borders to their states. I mean, if we're so concerned about people flying from one state to another state without asking mommy government's uh, permission, how far are we until there are internal checkpoints set up more so than they currently are? We already know there are internal checkpoints that aren't at state borders necessarily. They're just sort of inside on a road somewhere in the southern and northern states. But what about getting from Massachusetts to New Hampshire? Are we going to see some roadblocks there soon? More on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, as well as a dial-up version and even a webcam. All completely free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Now... Did you know that over 35% of IT admins actually admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. We go to your phone calls, and we'll talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your mind tonight? Uh, well, today my husband went over there to Gainesville to the VA. And guess what he ran into? Fire Department of Law Enforcement is now Homeland Security. I don't understand. What do you mean by that? They've become Homeland Security. He talked to them. Well, I don't. Are they, are they wearing Homeland Security badges now? They got it now? on their vehicles too. Ah, it figures. Well, you know they're handing out all kinds of federal money to various different local police departments, so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, one of the strings that was attached to that federal money was actually, yeah. hey, now you've got to put our logo on your vehicles and you've got to purport to be from Homeland Security to, to yeah. get the money, which they'll jump through the hoops, man. Yeah, and anyway, I, I'm really surprised because I mean I didn't. We were hoping this wouldn't happen here, but anyway, uh, mm. the thing is, we've got a good sheriff that we just voted in, and he's fighting all this stuff. He's fighting it? 
Yeah. But isn't he in charge of the department? Are the, well, that, he's he's one of our sheriffs, and he's he's fighting this new world order crap and all this stuff. Well, now hold on a second. Are you talking about the the same department you called to tell us about the Florida well, whatever no, he, it was? He's a sheriff for one of the counties where we live here. And uh, anyway, I talked to him before he got elected, and he talked to my husband too, and. Uh, he said this is why he was running. He said he's fighting this, too. What is it? What, how is he going to fight that exactly? I mean, you're talking about uh, well, when you say the, the New is, World Order, you mean okay, like a bunch of politicians you, okay? that want to rule over people? Your sheriff is the highest person in your county. And the thing is, if they come in here and try to pull something unconstitutional, he can actually arrest them and stop them. I think that he that's could. true. It's um, probably true. The sheriff can. is the highest law in the land, yeah, um, elected law enforcement position. The, the, uh, mayor here you know and I, I talked to the sheriff myself anyway this is our new sheriff coming in but then he's, he's not going to get any homeland security money paula you understand that if he arrests <laughs> so a fed what? we don't need it well i know you're saying you don't need it but yeah, the we don't cops need it. i mean we don't even need homeland security we need to get rid of it i well i agree with you but what i'm trying to tell you is that the federal government like it does with schools holds out money like a carrot on a stick to the various different local governments and i know i've already talked to him about it uh, and matter of fact, I heard that they were uh, they they were sending money out to different sheriff departments. You're yeah, trying to, so I are. called him, let him know about it. And so I do it every year. Well, good luck, Paula. I hope that he successfully well, fights it some... off. Because if these people are so powerful, you know, she mentioned that the the term "new world order," which is kind of this buzzword for, I guess, the the idea that there are people that are seeking power over others. I'm not sure who they all are, but mostly they're politicians. <laughs> and if they're so powerful, if it's this truly uh, this this group of men that is spread throughout the world, and probably some women in there too, um, and they control the strings of virtually everything, as some of the conspiracy people would have you have you believe, then how is it really that? Some small town sheriff uh, in, a, in a little county in Florida is going to be able to fight them off. These guys will just send their little uh, um, men in black clones and uh, be the guy will wake up dead, right? Well, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to play into the defeatism that is so uh, apparent or, or so endemic, I guess, within the conspiracy. Culture out there, for lack of a better term, these people believe that there's no hope for the most part. And it sounds like Paula's sounding pretty up. She sounds pretty positive about what's going on. But mostly, the fringe conspiracy theorists out there, they don't believe there's any chance. They believe uh, like 80% of the world's population is going to be wiped out within the next 20 years or something like that. So I don't want to feed into that by trying to scare people because i don't believe that these people are that powerful i think that they have some really powerful things at their disposal like militaries and bombs and guns and things like that but i think that up against a group of individuals that are willing to stand up for their for their liberties they're going to be pretty impotent of course the question is who's actually willing to stand up for their liberty i mean that's really the ultimate question because if nobody stands up then well it's just inevitable that totalitarianism will will come to america i mean it's already well on its way some would already, some would be able to, I think, successfully argue that we live in a police state today. Now, is a police state necessarily complete totalitarianism? No, probably not. So there's probably a still still a few more stones to jump down down the path toward totalitarianism. I'm not sure when we'll be there. We'll probably have to look back on it and say, oh yeah, that was it. But yeah, if people don't stand up and refuse to participate and non-cooperate and and start talking about liberty again, then all that's pretty much inevitable. 
In fact, uh, there's actually a, a little story over at LewRockwell.com we might share called The Dark End of the Tunnel uh, from from a fellow talk show host on, on this particular issue. The issue of, well, you know, what's coming next? If everybody just keeps bowing down and bending over for the state, what's coming next? Let's go to your phone calls, though, and talk to David in New York. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Evening. David, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I went to my arraignment today, <clears throat> and uh, the judge didn't even look at the paperwork. He filed it away. This is uh, um, the paperwork that you spent a lot of time uh, preparing. You were essentially – you read some of it on the air with us the other night. Yep. Uh, in a nutshell, it basically said – you know, it, can you sum it up in, like, you know, one sentence or a paragraph? Yeah, it basically just refuted the charges. He didn't even take a look at it. He right. put in a plea of not guilty for the disorderly conduct and then put out my court case two more months. Yeah, well, you know, they don't have to uh, – when you're dealing with bureaucrats, they, if you're arguing with them, if you're saying, I didn't do that, or, you know, that doesn't apply to me, or whatever, they just don't care. Yep. They'll, uh, they'll, another... they'll call it frivolous if they even say anything about it. As you said, he just filed it away, and uh, that's mm. that. You spent all that time on it. Uh, another interesting aspect of uh, what went on as I was talking to one of the police officers about the Federal Reserve System and what's going on in this country, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And one of the the, the detective that uh, was there when I was uh, refusing to give my name when I was the passenger of the vehicle. Yes. I seen him, and I said, you're the detective that went to my buddy's mom's house asking about my name, weren't you? He said, oh, no, that wasn't me. That was the other guy. <laughs> and then the police officer that I was talking to about the Federal Reserve System said, you should have shot him. Good Lord. Yeah. Wait, who? Wait, he said you should have shot the cop or the cop should have shot you? The cop should have shot me. It's disgusting. Th and that's then when I said to the cop, I said, I'm here on a disorderly conduct charge for swearing, and you're allowed to say he should shoot me? That's amazing. Said, Isn't that a threat? It sounds like a threat. Oh, I mean, yeah. if I don't, I don't know really, I guess I don't know what a threat is if that's not a threat. It's threatening. It's, yeah, it certainly sounds threatening, and it reminds me of what happened when we were walking out from the arraignment that they had for me uh, a couple months ago, where one of the guys sort of muttered at the free staters or the liberty activists, said that they should all be thrown in a jail cell. Yeah. Didn't matter, they didn't do anything. The fact is, they're challenging the state, and so throw them all in a jail cell was what that guy had to say. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Hey, uh, let us know what happens as things get a little bit closer, and I'm, I'm sorry that they, they ignored all that, that work that you put into it, because it sounded like you really spent a lot of time on that, and that's just well, what happens. They just don't care. It's in the care. file, I guess. Yeah, well, it's in the file. Great. Now what? <laughs> you know, now what? You know, yeah, what? And, and even so, the, the judge read a direct quote, and um, basically what I said to get the disorderly conduct charge was, this is effing BS, and why is the judge able to say it in the courtroom, <laughs> yet I can't say it? Double standard, my friend. Thank you yeah, for the I update, so. and thank you for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231, and good luck uh, with your court deal. I've got one coming up tomorrow. We can talk about that here a little bit later. More on the way. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is FreeTalkLive.com. 
com and the features by the way include updates you get signed up we will clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about free talk live just go to updates.freetalklive.com get on the list free that's updates.freetalklive.com Jason Osborne and his dad uh, Mike over there at uh, SACL CAI they're big supporters of the show uh, if you have a business that uh, you know needs to try something new in the area of collections Contact SACL CAI. Their banner is at the the top of the page on the right-hand side at uh, freetalklive.com. They're good folks, and they care deeply about liberty. Give them a shot. SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. So uh, this, <laughs> with the, the rise of the police state, uh, continued pa- down the path towards, uh, continuing down the path towards totalitarianism, we started the show out by telling you about how the TSA is soon going to be requiring all airlines to check your name against uh, against an approval list, so an approval to fly list, basically. You're going to have to be cleared in order to fly from one state to another, period. Uh, and it's just getting more, it just keeps getting worse out there. And then you combine that with the financial insanity that's going on at the same time, and you've really got a mess. I mean, we already told you a little while back about how California was uh, begging at the federal trough for some bailout money. Now, I don't recall, I recall, I think it was only like $7 billion that California was looking for. Do you recall that? I don't remember the number. Well, Detroit wants $10 billion. The, st- the city of Detroit. Detroit, yeah. Detroit City Council has passed a resolution calling for a $10 billion bailout for the city of Detroit. Council President Pro Tem Joanne Watson sponsored the resolution to use the money for public service employment, to fund mass transit plans, and to place, morator- a, place a moratorium on home foreclosures for two years. The resolution specifically requests the council meet with so-and-so and so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. So Detroit's having a, uh, a tough time there. The city recently received $47 million from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, but apparently that, that just wasn't enough. $47 million, not good enough. They need $10 billion federal dollars. So every government agency out there, every governmental entity, whether it's the city of fill-in-the-blank or the state of fill-in-the-blank, if they weren't able to manage their themselves financially, and how many of them are able to do that? Not very many. They're not incentivized to manage no. themselves properly. Some of them are better than others. I think if, New- they, if they spend too much, well, they go someplace and get some more money. Right. Whether it's to the, uh, uh, you know, to the uh, the taxpayer Raise or the taxes to, or right. the government. So instead of going and raising taxes on the people that actually live in the area, well, they're going to the raise feds taxes now. on people in Detroit. That's true. They're gonna, they're all leaving. <laughs> People selling for houses for a dollar over there. I mean, what kind of taxes are you gonna have on a uh, residence that's worth a dollar? Hey, I don't know. Yeah, I've got. That's why they aren't selling for. They're actually not selling. The for comparables a dollar. in my neighborhood. Well, somebody sold their house for a dollar. Yeah, my house is worth a dollar. <laughs> what are you gonna tax me on? So now they're going to the feds, which means they're going to everybody. Which means anybody in the country, anybody around the world that's using Federal Reserve notes. You know, those green things that are probably sitting in your wallet right now? Using those U.S. dollars, those Federal Reserve notes, you're going to be paying for this. You're going to be paying to bail out a bunch of lazy, shiftless bureaucrats that don't know how to to finance their to, to organize their budgets. And this happens all across the country. So if California can get some money and Detroit can get some money, and I don't think either of them have gotten the money yet, okay, to be fair, but they're asking for it. And... Why wouldn't the government help them out? Why wouldn't they just print out some more money? 
They don't want to look bad, do they? The feds don't want to they're look bad. They're already getting uh, loans from the government. Uh, you know, I mean, and I imagine that they're at uh, preferen- uh, preferential uh, interest rates. So look you're at already this. floating them good loans. There's there's a quote here that uh, one of these uh, one of the bureaucrats says the city of Detroit has got to be leading the way on this. So what are they expecting? They're, I guess they're expecting more financially strapped cities to come on board, get on the gravy train. Hey, hey, that's now. Wait a minute, that's not fair. You can't hand out money to the big three automakers and leave us city people in uh, in without the cash. W- what about the poor? Everybody, what about the firemen? What about the police officers? Everybody's going to be lining up. They sure are. And when's it going to end? When is that? When is it all going to end? I guess when the dollar crashes and burns, but hey, then they've got the Amero waiting in the wings, don't they? They've got a plan for that. Likely true. So so it seems. So it just it just keeps getting worse. But what do you do about it, right? What do you do besides uh, join the Free State Project, come to New Hampshire? Brian Wilson writes for LouRockwell.com. He's also a talk show host in Toledo, Ohio. Had the, uh, the pleasure of talking with him a few times. Where can I get on a station? Anyway, uh, he writes this. It's a short one. The dark at the end of the tunnel. He says, this just in from the rubber room at the Wilson Think Tank and Kosher Yak Breeding Farm. Now that the election is over and the pundits have had their say, I think I may have figured it out. Totalitarianism is inevitable. It's a product of human nature, original sin, a character flaw in mankind. Many have given it different names, but it's the force that drives human history. Every human is motivated by an effort, risk, and reward triangle. Whether emotionally or rationally, everyone is acting under those three factors. And reward differs for everyone. Everyone has a different view of risk. Different people are willing to invest vastly differing amounts of effort. Different forms of government are the result of the majority of the people being more concerned about one of these factors above the other two. Tyranny is the result of too much risk. People are worried about their survival. They aren't worried about effort and reward, just being around for tomorrow. Socialism is also the product of risk. People don't believe the reward justifies their effort. They'd rather put in the minimum effort for a small, guaranteed reward. A democracy is a low risk is low risk while minimizing effort, and a republic is low risk with the emphasis on reward. None of these forms of government are permanent because their own success changes the effort-risk-reward equation. As a republic acquires wealth, it becomes risk-averse and degenerates to a democracy by distributing government control to the people. A democracy continues to generate wealth but attempts to spread it among the masses in order to reduce risk. This redistribution becomes socialism. Socialism consumes wealth because effort and reward become disconnected. When this system breaks down, risk becomes excessive. People face starvation and look for a tyrant to save them from themselves. In a tyranny, the concentration of power breaks the relationship of effort, risk, and reward. The people, at that point, have nothing, and therefore, nothing to lose. The only outcome is a revolt. External forces can affect the time and the direction of these changes, but they've never prevented them. History has shown us the destination, but few of us have actually made the trip. For freedom lovers, Bent was right. It's going to be a bumpy night. 800-259-9231. Kind of a downer there, uh, but I do like what he, t- what he says about risk. I think that's the most important factor here, and that is that everybody has their line in the sand. We talk about where's your line in the sand. Where, at what point will the government push you too far? At what point will the regulations become too onerous? At what point will the restrictions become too much? At what point will you say, that's it, I've had enough? I'm no longer participating with this system. I'm no longer voluntarily funding this system. I'm no longer consenting. I'm no longer cooperating. 
At what point will you draw that line? Now, everybody's going to have that line. Most people haven't even thought about this question. But I like to ask it from time to time because, well, it's important to think about these things. And I know that, uh, Mark, you, risk is one of the things that you cite when, you're, when we're talking about things like not paying federal taxes. You know, the, more, the, the longer you live, the more you acquire in your life, the more you have at risk. Sure. So you've got a wife, you've got a, a little baby, six months old, seven months, I think, at this point. Seven. You've Seven got plus. a baby. This is like the most important thing that has ever happened in your life. And the last thing you want is for some federal goon squad to come in or, or even the stadies to come in and steal your kid from you or worse, take you away from the kid. Or I don't know which is worse, but they're both bad. Well, they're, they're both bad. I mean, currently my wife is staying home with uh, Jack and it's not like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the breadwinner and it's, it's not like I've got so much money socked away that I can, you know, go take a trip for a couple of years and then come back and everything will be fine. It's not so. Right. right. So, uh, and, and when we talk about these things, I've never suggested anybody step outside too far of their comfort zones. But I've always suggested baby steps. I've always suggested that people do something. Take a step toward non-cooperation in a very small way so, so you can feel what it's like instead of just sort of keeping your head below the waves and hoping that nothing happens because that's not going to pan out for you, I'm afraid. Things just keep getting worse out there, and if you don't take some risk, then we are not going to have liberty. I want to come back uh, with more of this in your calls as well. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Just head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. You just start your shopping there and feel good because you're getting the, the deals that you want and the brands that you trust. Maybe even a used deal. They sell all kinds of used stuff at Amazon now. So head over there, amazon.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So we're talking about risk. And as Brian Wilson uh, from WSP, uh, WSPD in Toledo puts it over at lourockwell.com, uh, he says tyranny is the result of too much risk in that if there's too much at stake, people are going to keep their heads down as the tyranny continues to grow. Why make waves? Why rock the boat? Oh, my gosh, there's a police state out there. We don't want the police state folks coming here and hurting us. Who would want that? I certainly don't want that. Nobody in their right mind wants to be abused by those uh, claiming power over others, by those men with guns and badges and, uh, and, and outfits, costumes that they're wearing that are Silly willing hats. to hurt people. Yeah, nobody wants to have to deal with that stuff, which is why when somebody gets a speeding ticket, uh, they pay it. They just want it to go away. Leave me alone. I just want to live my life. I just want to enjoy my friends and my family and my leisure time. I just want to enjoy myself. Go away, government people. Here, I'll give you money. That's what you want, isn't it? You want money. Here you go. And so people just keep paying, and they keep bending over, whether it's something simple like a speeding ticket or whether it's the police state at the airports or whether it's whatever the next step is, whatever the next step down the road to totalitarianism is. People keep putting up with it because, well, there's just too much to lose. 
So, again, now we have to really look at this as a serious situation, because if that's where we're at today, and that seems to be where we're at, where nobody really wants to stick their neck out, save a few activists, maybe up here in the the New Hampshire region, nobody really wants to put anything on the line, nothing significant at least, which is fine. You know, I'm, I don't want to come down anybody. So I'm not exactly putting anything significant on the line at this point. I mean, I suppose well, they could steal my house over the couch thing. The, but. It, it, the funny thing is, is you don't need to necessarily put anything significant on the line in order to stop the encroachment. You can take the little things. Uh, for in, in your case, you're, I don't know, uh, arguing with them over a moldering pile of garbage. I'm not arguing. You can't argue with the bureaucrats because you can't win an argument with them. So what are you doing? Um, I'm going to ask some questions. And I'm going to assert that I'm not going to pay their fine. And in fact, we can talk more about that in a little bit. But I want to get back to the idea of risk and 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 learning how to take some. So you don't have to go all the way. You don't have to put it all on the line. But if you learn how to, you know, take some risk here and there, step into the world of non-cooperation. And I think you're right, Mark. If enough people were to non-cooperate in little ways, that would do a whole lot to push back against this tyranny. But it requires you to be one of those people. Because if you sit there and you say, well, I like that idea, but I don't want to risk going to jail for a weekend, or I don't want to risk them putting a lien on my house, or I don't want to risk fill-in-the-blank, whatever the punishment might be for whatever the transgression of their laws or their statutes is. But if enough people were to just take little risk then, I mean, they'd be unstoppable. If if all of a sudden, in one area, people just decided, you know, speeding tickets, bah, I'm not going to pay those anymore. And then they went to court, they took every speeding ticket to court, and they went in there and they said, yeah, you know, I appreciate that you guys are trying to keep the roads safe, but I wasn't being unsafe, so I'm not paying this. Thanks very much. And then everybody did that. I mean, it doesn't even have to be everybody. I mean, when I say everybody, I mean the, those who are interested in this. If 5%, 10% of the people that got speeding tickets just decided to stop cooperating with the entire process with the system, are they really going to go and build a new jail to lock up all the speeders? How many cars can they confiscate before the economy comes to a crashing halt? Think about these things. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I was watching the, the most recent ThinkFree.ca film, which came out uh, a couple days ago, called Democracy. It's pretty good. <laughs> he talks about the uh, he uh, talks about the court system, and at one point in the film, he uh, Robert this is Robert Menard from ThinkFree.ca. He presents a graphical representation of the ratio of cops to the rest of us, mm-hmm. and it's pretty powerful. And it has to do with this risk thing that I'm talking about. And it was basically, if you can envision this, it's you've got kind of like a stick figure guy, and then that's the cop, and he's in the center, and surrounding him are a bunch of other stick figure people, and there's just so many. They're all in circles, basically, mm-hmm. concentric circles surrounding this guy. And he points out that, and this is probably Canadian numbers. I, I don't know if it applies to the United States. I'm not sure. And I'm sure it's different wherever you go. Obviously, it's going to be different in New York City than it would here in Keene, New Hampshire. But he said the ratio of people to cops is 900 to 1. So it's not the cop, and this is the point he makes, and I thought it was really good and powerful. It's not the cop that's responsible for the tyranny. Yeah, he's following orders and he's doing bad things. But it's your responsibility. 
Because there's nothing that cop can do without your playing a role, without your consent, without the consent of those 900 people, without those 900 people deferring to the so-called authority of a man in a costume. So what happens when those 900 people start to say, hmm, yeah, I think I liked it better when you were just doing peace officer stuff. How about you cut out all this law enforcement officer crap and leave us, those of us who are peaceful, alone? And how about you just go after those people who are doing harm to others? And if you want to come after me with your law enforcement stuff, with your speeding tickets and stop sign nonsense and marijuana possession crap. Zoning rules. Zoning rules. Whatever it is, you want to come after me, you're going to have a real, you and your crew are going to have a real tough time extracting anything from me, including compliance at any level. So if those 900 people surrounding that cop just stopped Playing the role of sucker, of victim, of pathetic serf, then what could they really do? They can't put you all in jail. They can't do it. It's not economically feasible. So what would they do? Things would have to change is what? They'd realize they couldn't get away with the crap they used to get away with. It's like the bully on the playground. Man, he's going to go victimize everybody on that playground that he can get away with. Until somebody punches them in the nose. Until somebody says, hey, I've had it. You're not taking my money anymore. Now, I'm not advocating you go out and punch a cop. No, please. This, we're talking about peaceful solutions here. Right. That's not going to work. All right. We're talking about peaceful solutions. One of the ones that was suggested uh, we've been talking about recently has been take it to their home. If a judge throws one of your friends in a prison cell, one of your peaceful friends in a prison cell, we should start protesting outside of this house. Bring it to his neighbors. Put flyers up. Hand him out. Talk to his family. Find out if he has kids. Talk to them. They're going to consider that a threat. You know, whatever. They're going to consider whatever they want to consider. Okay? They can, true. they can do what they want. That's what they do. But that's not a threat. How no. is it a threat to be outside of somebody's house waving signs peacefully? That's not a threat. It's not. It's not a threat to find out who his family is and to approach them when they're out, you know, shopping. Or on the playground or something like that. That's a little creepy. But uh, when they're out and about, you know, if he's got teenage daughters or teenage sons or something like that, talk to them. Do you know what your dad does? Do you know what your dad just did? He threw a peaceful woman, Lauren Canario, in a prison cell for 30 days because she did nothing. Because she didn't obey all of their little diktats. So turn his friends and family members uh, against him, if you can. Not necessarily going to be a successful tactic, but I'm just trying to think of things that could be done that are sort of in a peaceful vein that we can respond to these thugs, these violent people calling themselves government that are using coercion over us, those of us who are peaceful. What can we do peacefully to really ostracize these people, to make these people feel like, wow, this is something's going on here. Normally my victims just leave me alone, but now that they're coming out of the woodwork and they're... Well, to some extent, I think that there's there's still a period of education that's required. Um, he, I mean, you mean educating the bureaucrats? Yes, educating the, the judge. Bureaucrats or the judge. I mean, the judge thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah. The will of the people is that there is this zoning law in place, and I, I you know, I, I'm here to, you know, make sure that the law is enforced properly. I'm all in favor of education. Sure. That's a good idea. And to some extent, I'm just, I, I just wonder whether, is it fair to go after the judge before you've had a chance to, know. before they really know what, what it is that they How doing? are you going to educate the judge, though, right? I mean, how you, they try to insulate themselves. They do. 
I did send a letter to one of the, the so-called judges or justices here in the area, but they told me that was illegal. I did it anyway because I don't care. 1-800-259-9231. I think we need more of that attitude. I don't care what you're going to do. I'm going to non-cooperate. What do you say to that? And if we have enough people doing that in the same place, things will change. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control if you dial the toll-free number. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Well, earlier in the week, Mark, uh, we've been discussing sort of off and on, actually for the last few months, this this whole couch situation, uh, which started back in August when one of the city's couch enforcers or code enforcers came by and threatened me over a couch that my tenants have in their lawn. And it's now come to the point where I've attempted to... Uh, I've made some offers that I think have been pretty reasonable to to make this situation go away, and the city people are not interested in those offers. Uh, One of those offers entailed actually being able to meet the woman that allegedly made the original complaint. Right. I'm not ready to go for reasonable um, as your stance for keeping this moldering hunk of garbage in your lawn. However... It's not my lawn. It's my tenant's lawn. uh, Yeah, but you know as well as I do that... this thing isn't being used for anything. It was moved there because somebody didn't want to throw it away. It was used for Halloween decorations. It was, right. And what else? Housing uh, mold? There's nothing wrong with keeping Halloween, Halloween decorations up for an entire year, Mark. It's gross. And they're not up anymore. That's it's true. just a moldering hunk of garbage. <laughs> um, and, and to call it anything else, uh, I, I think it's silly. But however, I, I do think that... You deserve to be able to face your accuser in this circumstance, yeah. and it's not just you, that if you don't say, hey, look, I want to face my accuser, then the whole idea that g- continues it's, um, to be perpetuated that somehow the state is the accuser from mm-hmm. here on out, this, uh, this non-entity. At one point, it a was fiction, the, a legal the, fiction. the arbiter in some ways, you know, the, the, the justice system was the arbiter between disputes between people. Yes. Now it has turned into the plaintiff in those disputes, Correct. that somehow the... the the plaintiff and the prosecutor. The town, the county, the state, the, the the federal government, and somehow they are offended if you do something that is against this bevy, this myriad um, of laws, this legion of laws that they have that no one can possibly know. Now, I'm not saying that you wouldn't know that this couch shouldn't have been there, but I, honestly, I never knew the thing was there. I barely knew it was there. I walked, I, I, I've walked by it within six feet and not looked looking for it and didn't see it. But wouldn't you say that my offer was reasonable in that if the neighbor who complained would just come and meet me, I'd get rid of the thing? I, that seems pretty reasonable. I uh, think that this, so, it's reasonable in the sense that... Right. Uh, it, well, it's reasonable in the sense that you deserve to face your accuser. I think that a reasonable person would have uh, would have picked up the the couch and got rid of it, but I do think that it takes uh, it takes. You no, know, certain... I don't appreciate being threatened. You know, that's where that's where my real issue is. the The whole idea that if you don't do this, we're going to hurt you, and that doesn't make me want to do anything. So if they could again, if it was a more neighborly approach, 
if this woman had originally come to me and said, hey, you know, just wanted to introduce myself. I live down the street. I'm so-and-so. And uh, I just wanted to tell you that there's this couch there. I don't know if you are aware of it, but it's pretty ugly. And we're wondering if you could move it. That, that'd be great. I mean, I'm sure that there'd be more conversation, but that would have been sufficient. I mean, a nice neighborly conversation. That didn't happen. Never happened. I don't even know who the person is. So it's come it, down to... The alleged person. I'm, I'm not right. 100% convinced that uh, this person exists well, I know, yeah, Julia is firmly in, into the belief system that this is just the state government people coming after me or the city government people coming after me. So it's come down to uh, a trial that they have scheduled for tomorrow afternoon at 1.30 in, in Keene District Court. And my original thought was, you know, I'm so sick and tired of this system. I don't want to give it any legitimacy. I, I might just walk out if the judge can't answer a simple question at the beginning of their so-called trial. And the question I was going to ask was, is the, you know, is the uh, complaining damaged party present in, this, present in this room? And if not, then, well, I've got better things to do. See you later. Now, you've got an email that I think makes a pretty powerful point against that particular tactic. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, and and I think it's... uh, Because I'm still open to ideas here, even in these remaining hours. So he says, uh, this is from Neil. Ian, I called your show about a week ago in regards to a conflict that was uh, a um, a conflict I was confronted with by my local code enforcer, a.k.a. the garage enforcer, stemming from a garage can, or excuse me, a garbage can violation. I completely understand how utterly ridiculous the state officials have become in having a public hearing in regards to the removal of a couch from Mm. your private property. It looks like the government has become a giant condo association. (laughs) And really, I think this is a great point. I was at a town meeting today um, where, you know, in my town, it's it's rather rural, but they do have some zoning rules that have managed to be forced down their throat by the uh, the invading hordes from uh, other states. Mm -hmm. And these people that had uh, were once uh, once from Long Island and then from Connecticut and have now moved up to my town. um, They were talking about how, you know, this this person had a garage, excuse me, a trailer on their property they didn't like. And that, in fact, the uh, if, if we didn't enforce these rules, it would be anarchy. Um, that was the word the woman used. <laughs> she said that they, we would have anarchy. This trailer has been there for 15 years. Yeah, apparently, it's been anarchy for 15 years. Uh, right. I mean, you know, people running down the street, bombs in hands, top Molotov cocktails, the whole deal. So this 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 person from Connecticut who left this you know condo association of a government yep. wants to bring it to where I live. No thanks. If you want a condo association, God bless you, go get one. But don't yeah. try to jam it down other people's throats. And, that's, and of the course, whole the ludicrous idea that that um uh, you know this uh, that some people can show up and vote for this in my town, it's a real town meeting. It's it's real live democracy in action in the United States. Everybody in the town is welcome a voting age to come and vote on all these issues and stay up till three o'clock in the morning um, going through this bull crap that they, they, they have there. And the idea that 400 of, you know, 2000 people that live in the town, 400 can show up and uh, vote on all these issues. A majority of them somehow constitutes what's right and lawful. It, no, it's absurd. So but the difference between a condo association, of course, and what we're talking about here is the condo association was voluntary. Everybody in the, the association knew what the deal was when they were getting into it, unlike 
the government zoning situation, which is in no way voluntary and completely arbitrary and subject to change at the whim of the uh, the bureaucrats. Well, so are condo association rules in a lot of ways. Um, yes, but you know what they are when you get into the deal. You, you pretty much know what zoning rules are, no, and if not, don't. they're available to you. And and you know the condo associations, many of them have bylaws. You don't have to, you know these things can be eighty, ninety, a hundred pages long. Yeah. I understand that they're a little easier to read, but you know you can make an argument that that's true when it comes to towns, but the the fact is, they have condo associations out there. You don't, you know, it's a smaller area. If you want, you know, smaller government, as far as I'm concerned, is better. So, you know, if, if you want to have a little totalitarian regime where everyone has to paint their house the same color and everyone has to mow their grass the same you length and everybody has to same, have the same color of uh, flowers in their right, flower and you bed. won't have any ornery uh, property owners like me screwing up your party right. with all my freedom stuff. So to try to jam it down people's throat, it just doesn't work. Anyway, so um, Neil goes on. However, since you seem willing to extend your protest all the way to jail, uh, which I applaud, the last thing this court wants is to send you there on the couch issue. Remember that the purpose of these codes is merely to create control and revenue, both of which... They have been unsuccessful from extorting from you. Mm-hmm. After listening to the po- um, past couple of shows, it seems that you have not yet decided on your plan of action in court this Friday. From what you have said, it seems you may attempt to walk out after they give you an unsatisfactory and unconstitutional like answer doing. to your question. I've got better things to do. But I feel that by making this attempt, they have, uh, they have been given a pass. They will get what they want in the courtroom and some um, what in the realm of public opinion by allowing them the opportunity to arrest you for disorderly conduct or some unrelated charge like uh, contempt of court or Mm -hmm. whatever, then – which is how these morons usually deal with individuals ignoring commands like by by walking out um, or not taking your hand out of your pocket or whatever, you will allow them to spin the issue if they're going to lock you up. Force them to do it for the reason they told you to come to court in the first place, which is something as ridiculous as a couch in your yard. Hmm. If they throw you in jail for the refusal to remove the couch or paying a relatively small fine, I feel that it is overall much more shocking, more newsworthy, and many people will be outraged by the conduct of the state. Throwing someone in a cage for disorderly conduct that took place within a courtroom happens on a daily basis. The reasons stem from all sorts of minor nonviolent infractions and frustrated individuals are made to deal with from across the country. The court then gets a pass because the real issue that brought them in front of the judge becomes muted. 1-800-259-9231. Interesting point so far. I know he's got a little more mm-hmm. there, so we'll get to that. And your thoughts as well. Or whatever you want to bring up, this is your show. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free 800-259-9231. If you were in my shoes, what would you do tomorrow? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And the features uh, include, by the way, the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just head over to, uh, head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. It's all free. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. Sex with the Virgin Mary. She has waited long enough. 
And Jimmy Cahill, a boozing, carousing cabbie from Boston, has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn author Charles Webb to hell. Get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or go to SexWithTheVirginMary.com. You can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb coming up on the Free Talk Live podcast on Saturday, the 22nd of this month. That's SexWithTheVirginMary.com. 800-259-9231. Uh, we are going to go to the calls here, but want to finish up this email first. Somebody is making some suggestions on what I should do tomorrow at the government's trial that they've scheduled over a couch in my tenant's yard. Go ahead, Mark. So um, Neil goes on. I realize no matter what happens Friday, you will have the support from Liberty activists armed with recording devices, the listeners of Free Talk Live and bloggers like Dave Ridley. Don't get me wrong. You will get coverage. However, because of um, because of your non-compliance thus far, this could be much bigger than you may realize, and certainly exposure expose the inherent dangers within the system at large. And to go a step further, if you allow them to rule on the original case, the state will be will bring public outrage upon themselves. The strategy would simply be to continue to firmly stand your ground, make them rule on their code, and they will lose their lose either way. You're in a unique position because of your willingness to contest their code and to go to jail over something that most people would not, mm-hmm. even when they feel the uh, government is in the wrong. By sticking to the issue at hand, you will only leave them with two options. The judge will either be forced to um, sticking to the uh, excuse me. Um, the judge will be forced to concede that you are in the right and do not have to obey their code, or he will make headlines by condemning a New Hampshire man to jail, not for some sort of court uh, courtroom misconduct, but for a couch. In his yard. So do you think that I should completely reverse course here and instead of asking a bunch of questions as I might have done, uh, just basically keep silent most of, the, uh, most of the time and then make a statement about how I'm not paying? Well, I think that uh, demanding to see your accuser has. I could this call. I could call uh, the during the what do they call it when you the defense portion or whatever. Mm-hmm. I could call the original complaining party. I, I think that that you know I think that the, even though this isn't a criminal case, which is what the Sixth Amendment I believe uh, reserves you the right to face your accuser mm-hmm. in a criminal case. However, oh, I believe this is criminal. Yeah, I've got the notice. Uh, I'll pull it out for you here. Go ahead. Okay. Um, If this is, in fact, criminal, then the Constitution says you should be able to efface your accuser in a criminal case, and they're not letting you do that. They're they're shifting the accusation from actually the accuser to a person who, uh, you know, the the town's enforcer, the the city's enforcer, they're, they're shifting it over to them and saying, this is, here you go, here's the accuser, and that's not them. That's not the accuser, if what they say is true, and I... I don't believe it. Notice of hearing criminal. There you go. In criminal court, you deserve to be able to face your accuser. And that accuser can't work for the state. He can't be the the state employee who happens to live in Troy, which is not even anywhere nearby. So uh, I feel like you've got them on this. And just keep on saying, I want to see my accuser. I want to talk to my accuser. Good, normal Sane people can solve disputes without having to go to court, without having to throw around fines. I would like to talk to my accuser. Could you please bring forth my accuser? Mm. You know, and just keep on pounding that issue home. I don't want to talk to your paid off bureaucrat whose job it is to go around and harass people for a living, who doesn't even live in this town, who has no standing because he is not a citizen of Keene. I don't want to talk to him. I want to see my accuser. 
So many Your different Honor, options, Mark. Are you going to allow, Your Honor, let me read the Sixth Amendment to you, the highest law in this land, and then read it to him about this being able to see your accuser. Your Honor, you are here I'm to not make going sure to call the, him Your Honor. Whatever. You're, you are here to make sure that this law is enforced. Can I please see my accuser? So, lots of different until suggestions. This, until I get to see my accuser, no ruling of this court is legitimate. It's a tough call as to as to which path to take. Uh, I, I I have to say this is very persuasive, Mark. Let's go to your phone calls. Was that was that it? Did you finish it? Uh, I haven't finished it. But oh, okay. I, I suspect that he he's going to continue to make this same point. Okay. Well, let's continue here with the calls and go to Robert in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Robert. Hey, countryman. Hey there. What's on your mind? Oh, I just had a few things um, just relating to your court uh, battle there, and um, one of them started off with, I, I thought I heard you say the other night that notice they sent you was unsigned. And I don't know, it may be too late No, now, I'm but... sorry, I was confused. That was like a month ago when I said that, and my confusion was I've gotten two different things that were unsigned. Actually, Julia got a parking ticket in Toronto that was unsigned, and then I got a uh, complaint violation or whatever uh, for the for the Freedom Fest that we threw here, and that was unsigned. But oh, okay. the, uh, the couch vi- original couch violation ticket was signed, however, it was not properly filled out. Oh, well, you could get them. Well, And that's another thing. I know you don't really want to study or anything like that, but the judge, I think one of the reasons, at least as far as I'm aware, I'm not an attorney or anything like that, is they call them um, your honors because they make you honor contracts, not that they're honorable people. I they see. make you honor honor contracts. Now, why, why is it then that uh, like mayors and city council people often be called the honorable? I, you know, I don't know about that. Maybe it goes back to... I think it's because they're, they're considered to be of honor because of their position. Maybe. That's yeah. what they'd um, like to believe. Another thing that might be fun for you to do at the trial, I don't have no really suggestions for you, is um, usually the accuser stands before you and says, blah, 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 he did this, he did that. Uh, take the prosecutor and say, my, uh, if you're going to talk and, and you actually want to say something, say, my accuser over there and point to the prosecutor and then put him on the stand since, you know, supposedly he's the accuser. Accusing you, or they won't let you put the prosecutor on the stand, not on the stand. You can call anybody you want. You can, but they just won't let you. (laughs) Right? Well, it's a a big game. I mean, the whole thing is a show, which is why it's not worth my while to try to play with their rules and you know to do research and to say, aha, see, I got you on section one, article two, or or whatever. That's not worth my while because. The couch is obviously in the yard, and if they've got a, some words on paper that say that there's something wrong with that, well, then they're going to f- consider that a, a problem, and I just don't care. So yeah, I think but that then you just say the facts are irrelevant and say that you have a, a, a right to do whatever because of the facts. Right. Well, because it's my property. It's my property, and I'm not going to pay your fine. And I, and that's actually worked. And I think that's where you're coming from. That's where Mark's coming from. Is that the past tactics that the activists have taken here have just basically been to sort of go play along with their little game of their their so-called trial, and then basically yeah. make a statement at the end to the effect of, "I'm not paying you." And, and, well, I think that I, I don't yeah. know about I'm not paying you, but I, I like I like so the way this more been, explained. It's been said in the past where I'm not a piggy bank to be extorted from and yeah. that kind of thing. But I think that your your real power here, where you can really make the point, yeah. is they're violating the Constitution. Remember it's that constitution. old silly thing? Yeah. You know, you keep on reading that every time you get a chance. You 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 say you want to face your accuser and blah blah blah, and you point out at the end of it, you wrap it all up. Look. Yeah. From the very beginning, I've been willing to take the couch. From the very beginning, I've been willing to take the couch away as long as I can face my accuser. Robert, any other thoughts? 
No, that's it. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Rich is going to tell us what he thinks about this whole court situation. And what would you do if you were in my shoes tomorrow in the court over this couch situation? Your thoughts or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com, and uh, those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Uh, looking for advice, looking for suggestions tomorrow at 1.30 in the afternoon in Keene District Court here in lovely Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, there will be some very unlovely things going on. The government people are attempting to hurt me because of a couch that my ten- tenants have left out in their yard for, oh, about two years and it's all of a sudden become an issue, and they are, you know, possibly going to throw me in a cage over this. So we'll see what they decide to do, but what I'm trying to figure out is what I should do. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities. I could go in and ask a bunch of questions they would rather I not ask. Uh, that didn't work out too well. Last time I did that, the judge threatened to throw me in a prison cell. Uh, then I, uh, so I could take that tact, or, Mark, I could take the tact you're suggesting or the emailer was suggesting and, and go in and, and, you know, ask to see the original accuser, which, of course, they won't show, and then basically make, this, make a similar stand to some of the other activists who have, uh, who have done non-cooperation in the area have and, and basically say, hey, look, I'm not your piggy bank. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to pay you anything. So you do what you may. And so I want to hear your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Um, actually, I have a suggestion here uh, from Zeus, who is a, a genius. I have two questions to uh, – he suggests that you say just this in quotations. I have two questions to pose to you this day. The first to is – the, the court. You're, okay. you're to say this. The first is, is, is there a damaged party who has accused me? And if so – Present them now, and I shall cross-examine them. If the state or the city is, to, is the accuser, I demand you present this person or persons in this courtroom now. If you have no such damaged party, then I must take my leave of you, for I'm a free man and a sovereign individual. As such, I recuse myself from you um, in this pleasantry <laughs> through my own reco- recognizance. Good day to you, sirs. And it's very important that he dress like Zorro, the gay blade, and use that kind of <laughs> accent where he says all the time, and, and it, it must be done with, with flair, boas and hats and feathers. I love that idea. That kind of thing. I think, it, I think making a mockery of the government's courts <laughs> is a good idea. And I think it might come down to that eventually. If they, cra- if they want to crack down, then we'll just make more fun of them. But I like the, you know, I, I appreciate the suggestions of just kind of playing their game a little bit to see what they'll do. Uh, I, I I don't know. There's so many different choices. Was that were there two suggestions there? Or was that one? Um, I have two questions to pose to you today. So the oh, first is: Is there a damage party? And so, and then yeah. I'm All right. Exhibit. Let's go to Rich in North Carolina. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rich. Rich, North Carolina. Porcupine, Rich. And oh. I sure wish I could be there, but alas, I. Oh no. You're I hope so you can hear me better than I can hear you, because this is not a real good phone setup here. It's not sounding that great. So go ahead and get your thoughts out, Rich. All right. Well, I do like the idea of asking a lot of questions. 
Uh oh, darn it. I really wanted to hear what you had to say. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll see if we can clear up the line a little bit and bring you back here and try again. In the meantime, let's go to Severin in Colorado. Severin, you're on the amp line. Hello there. Hey, guys. Um, this isn't a, a recommendation for you. It might be something that uh, Tom from New Hampshire would recommend. But uh, today in Aurora, uh, there was a code enforcer who uh, got shot. Oh, and my. I kind of thought about you guys when. I read that story. Wow. Yes, definitely we're not looking for violent uh, violent solutions. Peaceful is the way I want to go. And yeah, but if these code enforcers continue to ruin people's lives... It's true. Code enforcers are going to continue to get shot. It, well, yeah, and in general, that applies to the government people. I mean, look, here in New Hampshire, the, the Free State Project, the Liberty Act... And by Act the way, these code, code enforcers trespass constantly in oh, order yeah. to do their job. The, the Liberty Activists here are peaceful. Uh, we would like to achieve liberty in our lifetime through peaceful means because we understand that uh, if you go, if you move to violence, as far as having like a violent revolution, it usually doesn't come out in that you really have that much more liberty after the fact. I mean, normally whoever the most violent man is is the one that takes the power after a situation like that. So we want to stay away from violence because it just begets more violence and only creates more problems. But I'm glad you did bring that up because it is a real-life consequence of what the government does. And as the government people, whether it's the code enforcers or the city council members or the police or whomever it is, continues to ruin people's lives, continues to encroach upon our freedom, inevitably some people are going to be pushed to the brink of snapping, as that uh, one guy did back uh, several months ago where he went into the city council meeting and just started blasting people. Yeah. Just uh, just blasted a hole in the mayor and a couple of the city councilors. Uh, because you just can't – you cannot keep putting restrictions on people's freedom and not expect some of them to just snap. Ventilated uh, city, uh, city councilors listen better than non-ventilated ones. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Severin? No, that's it. I Thanks for the call. Rich, no. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's try Rich again. See if we can uh, bring him back. Uh, Rich, having some phone issues. Are you still there, sir? Rich in North Carolina? We lost him. Maybe he'll try back. 1-800-259-9231. So I'm still kind of up in the air as to where to go. Maybe I will let him play it out this time and ask some questions about where is the original accused party or accusing party or, or and, and that sort of thing. Did you swear an oath to the Constitution? Questions like that. Sort of the lightweight stuff. And we'll see how they treat uh, we'll see how they treat me this time around and then if they want to get nasty then we'll well, up the ante, I guess. We want to get nasty? We'll get nasty. Alright, the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Speaking of restrictions on people's freedom, here's a quick one from techdirt.com one of the great things about the web is it allows much more efficient communication and opens up new and useful offerings. For example, the web offers the ability to find other people traveling to the same general place that you're heading and to set up a convenient carpool. It's good for the environment. It's good for traffic. It's good for your pocketbook and that you're spending less on gas. It just makes a lot of sense. Unless, of course, you're a bus company and you're so afraid that people will use such a system rather than paying to take the bus. That's what happened in Ontario, as earlier this year, we wrote about a bus company that was trying to shut down Pickup Pal, an online carpooling service for being an unregulated transportation company. Now, TechCrunch points, to, uh, points us to the news that the Ontario Transportation Board has sided with the bus company and fined Pickup Pal. Hmm. It's also established a bunch of draconian rules that any user in Ontario must follow if it uses the service, including no crossing of municipal boundaries, meaning the service is only good within any particular city's limits. 
It's better than being shut down completely, and the service can still operate elsewhere around the world. But this is yet another case where we see regulations that are supposedly put in place to improve things for consumers doing the exact opposite. Just like we've seen elsewhere, you get regulatory capture, where an established industry uses the regulations not for their intended purpose, but to actually drastically limit the competition. And they're... I'm sorry. I believe that the intended purpose of regulations is to limit competition. I, I think that it, that's the way it's been from day one. I understand the the PR of regulations is different. Well, I think that it's it's all that. I think that that's the intent. Is people wouldn't allow it if it wasn't if the PR if if you know if it wasn't the idea that it would somehow benefit the consumer. Mm-hmm. But you know, in in the sense that usually it's about safety, and I, I think that that's probably your most. Uh, uh, the, the the sort of regulation that makes the most sense. However, everything can be based on safety because you can be killed by anything. I think the numbers are uh, three or five people are killed every decade by uh, automatic car windows. I mean, it, 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 how many? There's several cases of yep. uh, reported cases of spontaneous combustion. I mean, you know, stuff that just doesn't make any sense at all. So safety is something that we all weigh every day. Should I go out of the house? I could be hit by a meteor. We make those decisions for ourselves and those are the kind of decisions that one needs to make for oneself. You know, this is this, this is a great story, an example of where it'd be pretty easy, I think, to non-cooperate with the system. I mean, this is pretty outrageous. This pickup pal is is nothing more than a company that helps people meet up with one another. You're not riding with one of their employees. They're not sending the pickup pal webmaster over to pick you up and take you to where you want to go. You're using their service in order to set up a ride that's mutually beneficial to the two people Set, or the two or more people setting up the ride. It's no different than me calling you up and saying, hey, Mark, let's go to Gardner's funeral, to, or uh, Gardner's mom's funeral today. But we crossed a county line. <laughs> oh, man. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, well, there's an easy way to do that. You can become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is a simple one. We take three bucks a month from you, and we reinvest it into the show. So right now, we've got over 500 of our listeners that are contributing to the AMP program. Contributing over $4,000 a month. That's money that we can take and we can use to advertise Free Talk Live to more radio stations around the country and around the world and uh, get uh, get more Internet listeners on board with the program as well through Internet outreach and bring new people to the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's valuable to you and it's worth 3 bucks a month and you enjoy this show, it's one of the best things you can do for us. So please go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up with PayPal or any major credit card or some of the alternative options. All the details are there, plus you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details await you at amp.freetalklive.com. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. I want to continue the story here about Pickup Pal. 
Now, this is a company that you sign up for, and it's completely free. Like so many things on the Internet, the Internet's such a wonderful thing. And it's a totally free service that if you're going somewhere and you'd like to maybe save a little money because you know that if you put people in the back of your car, then everybody can kick in toward gas and it costs a fraction of the the, the cost that it would have cost. Right. And they tell us that, uh, you know, it's, it's our civic responsibility to carpool these days. Yeah, save the environment, all that, right? And in fact, the uh, the website focuses on that. It's It's a very green website here. So... It's a nice idea, and it saves people money, and they get to meet new people, and they get to where they want to go, and it's all completely voluntary, and the, the, these guys don't charge. There's no fee for this service. But in Ontario, one of the bus companies there decided to, and it's not clear to me if this is a private bus company. It may actually be a private bus company. Either way. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter to me whether it's a private company or a municipal company that's using the government in order to put this uh, not-for-profit organization. It's not even a not-for-profit organization. It's just a website where people can interact, this forum. So here's a little bit more about this particular story, just to give you some of the details on how onerous this, uh, this, actually, uh, this case actually ended up being for this poor, poor website. Uh, and I don't know if they're based in Ontario. I doubt it. I can actually check that out here in a little bit, but if they're not based in Ontario, then I don't know why they would even bother paying Ontario, the Ontario government, any sort of money. I don't know why they would. The the Ontario government has fined these people over (laughs) $11,000. The people running the website, over $11,000. This, uh, this is another story from Ars Technica. Two weeks after proclaiming we fought the good fight and won, a web rideshare company has learned the good fight has in fact been lost. The company was up against Canadian bus company Trentway Wagar, which took Pickup Pal to the Ontario Highway Transport Board after complaining that the ride-matching service fell afoul of the province's obscenely strict ride-sharing laws. The ruling has come down to... Pickup Pal owes Canada, uh, Canadian dollars $2,836 to the province and another $8,500 to Trentway Wagar. So why does Pickup Pal think it, uh, still think it won? Ontario wants to keep its citizens safe, and to do that, it adopted ultra-strict rules back in the 1970s about public ride services. Pickup Pal's websites serve as a matchmaker for drivers and passengers. As we've explained, it helps people get to where they need to go and save some money. And apparently this uh, it doesn't and apparently their website doesn't check on insurance. It doesn't check the roadworthiness of your vehicle. Mm. It doesn't check your driving history or anything else. It just it just lets you meet people, Mark. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just people getting in each other's cars willy nilly. <laughs> It'll be anarchy. This led to concern from the Ontario Highway Transport Board, which remembered the tragic incident at Prescott in 2000 when several passengers lost their lives when an unlicensed and uninsured vehicle in which they were riding crashed. Hold on, wait a second. Would the passengers not have lost their lives if the vehicle had been insured? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> They, they they said, uh, the board went on to uh, to wonder, is the ride-sharing going to be safe at all times? 
Well, as according to Ars Technica and the right here, nothing in this life is safe at all times. Mark, you and I are not safe sitting in this studio. A airplane could crash through the roof at we any could, moment. Some jolt of electricity could, uh, you know, shoot through the wires. I've seen it before. Uh, I used to work at a place that was at sort of at the end of a power line, and on a pretty regular basis, there'd be this huge. Boom! And uh, some kind of electrical thing would shoot out of the end of the uh, of the the pole up there. It killed a pelican one day. The bus company that brought the complaint, uh, Trentway Wagar, says it's unfair that it has has to meet labor, environmental, and equipment standards to haul passengers around when services like Pickup Pal can arrange rides without doing any of that. And they are right. It is unfair, but the answer is not to lobby for more control. Right. The answer it's not is like to lobby I'm for enslaved. freedom. He should be enslaved too. Right. That's a crappy, crappy system. Right. I mean, the fact is, in the free marketplace, if you're going to operate a bus system, but they, they may very well, um, you know, wish that uh, they, these onerous rules were taken off of them too. Sure. So they're not but talking what do you about do, that. You know, they're not talking about that. But but the reality here is, it, let's pretend. Let's play. Let's play pretend and uh, believe. Believe that the Ontario government disappears tomorrow. Well, that doesn't mean that Trentway Wagar, the bus company, is all of a sudden going to be able to let their buses fall into disrepair. I mean, you've got a business to run. The reason why you want to have equipment standards and you want to have people working for you is so you can haul passengers around. The, 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 what they're doing with this uh, Pickup Pal website isn't in any way related to a bus service. Not in any way. If you're running a bus, you have to make it you have to make it appeasing to people. People people have well, to want to get on your bus. It, so it, the marketplace will naturally make it so you will have a, a an attractive bus to ride. Everybody anybody any vehicle going from place to place is competition for the bus company, but not in the same not in the same it's fashion. It's not in as entirely the same fashion, no, but it is competition, so they're trying to minimize the competition. And boy did they. The board agreed in large part ruling that the only way pickup house service can be legal is when it meets the following conditions. Here you go. You must travel from home to work only, not home to school, not home to the hospital or to the airport. You cannot cross municipal boundaries, so if you live outside the city and drive in, sorry, you cannot share the ride with your neighbor. You must ride with the same driver each day. Uh, also, you must pay the driver no more frequently than weekly, otherwise it's too often and that's a violation. If these are met, then the ride is considered carpooling and is allowed, but if not... Then drivers need to meet the criteria of the Public Vehicles Act, which means insurance, licensing, etc. Now, how it is they are going to go about enforcing this stuff, I don't know. Beyond me. Uh, I guess they're going to have to do sting operations. This is the pro- Right. This is the problem with these silly laws that just are unenforceable. Pickup Pal operates in 52 countries and says it's so its odds are good if it's operating in 52 countries. It's not based in Ontario. Says it's not faced such a challenge anywhere else. When the complaint was first announced this summer, the site attracted plenty of sympathy from onlookers across the political spectrum who worried that Trentway Wagar was more interested in putting competition out of business than it was in safety standards. According to uh, Pickup, uh, apparently there's an amendment that's been introduced. And they're looking at changing some of these rules. But the charges weren't dropped. And now the website owes more than $11,000. Now, this is one of the areas in which it'd be pretty easy to just say, no, that's okay. We're not playing. Yeah, we're not they're not paying. even in the same country. 
Presumably, I have not been able well, to verify that. I, 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 leave. I mean, it's right. a website. It's all you have to do is move the yeah. the server elsewhere or something. And, and it's a website that's operating without it's, pay. It, and by the way, it is uh, operating in fifty something countries. If there's any kind of money involved in this, and I right. guess there's not, right? I mean, if they were no, making no, it's one hundred percent free for the users. Yep, yeah, I, I. So where are they going to get the eleven thousand dollars? Give the website from? to somebody in another country, then. If you mean if it's in Ontario. Yeah, if, if, if it, yeah, it, it, it seems ludicrous that it would be. I mean, right. if it's in 50-something countries, it's, you know, I mean, how silly. Right. I would tell these government people to go flip off because they're not going to get a single dime of the money. Look, the whole idea that this website is responsible for the actions of the people that use it is absolutely absurd. I, I'm sure that I, I haven't done it, but I imagine that when you sign up, there's probably a terms of service. You know, how when you sign up for things on the web, there are these long, lengthy, legalese-filled terms of service. You can better believe that in those terms of service, they specify that what you do on your ride is not our responsibility. If you stab your passenger, careen off a cliff, whatever, it's your responsibility. Buyer, beware. Hey, we're just hooking you up. We're just the middlemen. We're just allowing you to meet other people with a similar interest of sharing a ride. It's no different than me walking into a bar and meeting somebody and finding out we're going to the same place and then deciding to ride there together. It's absolutely ludicrous what they're doing to these people. Hour 3 is coming up. Your thoughts on this or whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The show's about your calls. We go right to them and start with Neil listening in California. Neil, you're on the air. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, you know, um, I, I think what you're doing, Ian, is, is really great. And uh, I called you and, and let you know about my situation a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, if, if you let them get you to the point where you just throw up your hands in court and walk out, you're giving them exactly what they want. I, I, I don't doubt that these people would love to throw you in jail, but the last thing they want to do is to have attention brought to them mm-hmm. when they do so. And I think they're going to have so much more attention brought to them by you standing there with a smile on your face saying, I'm not doing what you're telling me to do, yeah. and I'm leaving you with two options. You can throw me in jail, or you can let me walk out of here uh, you know, and, and basically say that you know, your code isn't enforceable. So if, if you do those two things, they're not going to win. And, uh, and and that that was that was the whole point of, of you know I mean you're you're really not trying to beat the system here you're you're, you're what you're trying to tell them is that this this is ridiculous yeah. and you know I'm 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 holding you to it you just wanted me to pay it but I'm not going to do that so make your decision what do you want to do but if you walk out they're going to get you on something else and then the 
the, the initial Which they might issue, do anyway. I mean, they could yeah, always come yeah. after me for something else. And they can always manufacture something, which is what they did with the whole Freedom Fest, uh, where we were having this Freedom Fest thing, and they came up and they gave me a, a, a complaint. And uh, so they want me to go to their court on that one, even though this one's not even signed. So I, I think I like where you're coming from. Of course, uh, for listeners just tuning in, you're talking about the couch situation with my tenants. They have a couch in the yard. I am not going to remove it until the actual neighbor comes and introduces herself to me that originally allegedly complained to the city people, and I'm not going to obey them. I'm not going to pay them. And so you're saying, go in there, let them play with, let them play in their little trial, which they want to have, and maybe ask some questions during the trial. Uh, you know, where's the original accuser? I'd like to question that person. Uh, have you sworn an oath to the Constitution, etc., etc.? And uh, so you're saying play it out all the way through to the end and let them know, hey, I'm not paying you. I'm not participating in this and see, yeah, well, see what well, happens. You know, my, 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 my whole thought was, you know, you can do whatever you want in there. You can, you can question them. You can, you can stand. I don't, you could just stand there with a smile on your face and, and not say anything. Mm-hmm. However, it, you, you, what, you, what, I, what I feel that you need to do is make them stick to the absurdity of their issue because it's absurd. If if you allow them to, to, to get you riled up to the point where you just walk out, um, you're 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 allowing them to, to, to spin the issue. And I think that's so annoying because that's what they always try and do. They always try and get these people on other things, you know, because you know the the initial arrest or whatever was just stupid and they and they get these people, you know, so angry they, 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 they you know they, they skirt the issue. Um, what, Thank you for that, this, Neil. Go ahead. Yeah, what this what this code enforcer did, um, you know, a couple weeks ago is was she came back, and uh, I had my um, um, my truck uh, parked in my driveway, um, uh, partially on my driveway and partially on my um, on my grass. And, okay. And a couple weeks ago, when I called up, I, I said that you know, since I had the art studio in there uh, in my garage, she she tried to cite me for that. And, uh, you know, I told her I'd clean it out. And right. She, she told you back, that there was nothing allowed in a garage except for a car, including tools. Exactly. If, if it wasn't a car, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, up to Out- code. Outrageous. And um, so, you know, I, 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 I talked with her, and I, I just told her just to, you know, just to get off my property. I said, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll clean it out. Just go away. So when she came back a couple weeks later, I wouldn't open my garage door. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, she, she kind of left it at that. Now uh, a couple week uh, about a week ago she she came back and my car was parked uh, we have we have street sweeping on on my street which is which is a, it's just a total pain because it's another one of these revenue things where if your car is on the wrong side of the street at a certain time like eight to twelve o'clock or mm-hmm. or uh, eight to ten o'clock and then you know ten to twelve o'clock on the other side of the street they you actually have to move your car twice um, so that the street sweeper can come by and do nothing but there's there's a code enforcer that rides along behind them and tickets all the cars that are in the in the street sweepers gotcha. way. So so you have to park your car, you know, either on another street or in your in your driveway or in your garage. Got it. And uh, I had my car, you know, parked on my on my driveway, uh, blocking my garage, and um, it, or you know I was kind of blocking the sidewalk a little bit, you know, just so I wouldn't be on the on the street and get a ticket. And she tried ticketing me for that. Um, you know, so for having I mean, your car were, parked uh, edging over was, into the sidewalk. Yeah, that that was the initial thing. So then I moved it up, you know, so my, my front tire was on my lawn. And then she said uh, she came back, you know, the next day they had the street sweeping. And she said that uh, she tried citing me for that and said my, my tire couldn't be on my lawn. Whose so, lawn I mean, is it? 
it's 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 absolutely you it's it's the same thing that you, that you're dealing with. She said you can't have anything in your lawn, you know, that doesn't belong there. And I guess you know, a tire or a couch it falls into that category. I am so glad I live here in New Hampshire. My next door neighbors here park on their lawn, right there on their lawn. Thank well, you know, lawn. God bless them. Not that yeah. there's I believe in a God necessarily, but. It 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 makes me it warms my heart to see people doing things like that, using their property in the way that they think is best, instead of some officious bureaucrat giving you essentially this woman's micromanaging you. She's but, saying, but, "Oh, but, you can't have your car parked over here. Well, you've moved it there, but you can't park it there either." It, it, it goes sick. back to the, to the condo association. You know, what I mean, like if you want to live in a neighborhood where everybody's house looks the same, or you all have to do the exact same thing, go, go and move into that associ- move into that development. Oh, yeah. Sign the contract. Sign the contract. Right? You didn't sign anything. I didn't sign anything. Nope. And then and, they and then know you can it. live there with with all the other people that want the cookie cutter house, yeah. which is fine. If, if that's the way my dad has one of those houses, if you want to live like that, fine. But if you don't, you know, move on to a street where everybody can do whatever the heck they want. Nobody nobody cares. That's where I want to so, live. Good, and that's good, what I thought I was tomorrow. living. Good luck tomorrow. I just wanted to, you know, to wish you the best. Hey, and, thanks, uh, you know, Neil. Just, just stick to the issue, and uh, you're going to win no matter which way. I appreciate rules. that. I thank you for the call tonight. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, does anybody know anything about the the court process as far as you're supposed to be able to call virtually anybody? Mark, you say you can't call the prosecutor. However. I uh, wouldn't imagine you can, could contact too many of them. Now, do you have to have all that stuff set up in advance? You probably do, don't you? Like, you probably have had to have, like, subpoenaed the witnesses or something. I don't something. think so. Not, at no? the, not, not something like this. I don't think so. Could I call the clerk? The clerk of court? I'm thinking sure. about doing that. Call them all. Yeah. Have ask, fun with it. Asking all kinds of questions about, you know, the nature of government and, and things like that. Who knows? I'm still unsure exactly as to where I'm going to go. I think I'm leaning more toward your suggestion at this point, Mark, just to see how this plays out. See what they're going to do about this couch thing. 1-800-259-9231. And then they've got me another court date scheduled for uh, for next month in December with Toby from Free Minds TV, where we're, we've both been uh, cited the these citations or whatever they're called complaints i guess is what they are these forms these pink slips essentially uh where they they are demanding that we go back to their court this time it's over uh organi- organizing a public event which we didn't even organize and not begging for permission from the government bureaucrats this time they didn't even sign the forms they gave us but you can better believe they're still going to want us to be there so so we'll you know experiment this time and maybe modify things for the next time I'm there. It should be interesting. And, of course, if you're in the area, you should come out for it. Bring your cameras, bring your audio recording devices, and try to get those into the courtroom because they don't want those in there. So you could do your own little civil disobedience to, uh, tomorrow if you're interested at 1.30 in Keene District Court here in New Hampshire. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark, you've got an email you want to share with us, right? Yeah, I thought this was kind of interesting. It's uh, going in a different direction. Yeah, it's coming from uh, an individual named Tomer in uh, Israel, and I think it's kind of interesting. Hi there. I got a little story I figured you might want to share on air. November the 11th was a day of local elections all over Israel. Mayors, council members, heads of different municipalities, etc. Today in class, I got into discussion on whether it's a good idea to have mandatory voting laws for bigger turnout. Don't they do this in Australia? Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, like they have in Aust- Australia and in dark, tyrannical regimes that have one legal party. Mm-hmm. I was stunned to hear uh, there is actually a uh, Israel le- Israeli legislator who wants a law like that in this country. I said that if anything like that ever happens in Israel, I would deliberately vote 
for one of the many tiny BS parties. Okay. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the number. You can take control of the airwaves. Mandatory voting pretty outrageous idea. I mean, as though people weren't, the voting public wasn't uninformed enough. Force them all to vote. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And those features, by the way, include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove that they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Hey, Mark, tell me about uh, how you feel about the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Well, I I love it. I have a really we have a really great time when we go. It's uh, two or three days long. How long is it? Uh, it's I think it's Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, so three days long. So three nights. Three nights. Yeah. And um, we we broadcast live. We meet lots of people. There's several hundred people there. Uh, they always have great keynote speakers. I believe that uh, they're going to have this time uh, Kane from the WWE and. Um, the guy from Heller versus DC. The uh, what's his first name? Richard. Heller. Richard Heller. So both Free State Project members. Yep, yeah, and uh, it's going to be great. The guy from Seasteading, uh, which I'm very interested in hearing this. I hope I get to MC him, and mm-hmm. and we'll also be doing a little panel on media stuff. So I hear. So I hear. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's been fun the last two years. Looking forward to this one. It's going to be in early March. You can go and get signed up. And you can do that over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use this discount code to save yourself 10%. 2009 FTL. That's 2009 FTL for 10% off. And again, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. But beyond the liberty-oriented luminaries that you'll be meeting, you'll be meeting the New Hampshire liberty activists. Many of them are natives to New Hampshire. Many of them are movers for the Free State Project. A number of them are soon-to-be activists in New Hampshire in that they're, they're coming here. And some people are just considering a move to New Hampshire. Any way you slice it, this event is amazing. It'll blow you away. There are so many great people to meet, so many good times to have, and looking forward to seeing you there. freestateproject.org slash. Liberty Forum. We continue, Mark, with your email about mandatory voting. They're proposing this in Israel, you're saying. Is that right? Oh, well, it's it's not being proposed necessarily from uh, – it's just one legislator out there, one one voice crying in the wilderness, uh, not necessarily something that's going up uh, you know, for uh, a vote in front of their um, legislation or anything like that. But um, anyway. I, I find it absolute madness. I mean, the idea that – I guess it's some sort of nationalistic fervor that is pushing this, like, voting is great, and everyone must participate because it's wonderful to vote, and voting is fantastic. As though we don't get bad enough choices as it is, I think we'll get even worse ones then. Right. You're putting a gun to somebody's head and forcing them to vote. And and, uh, That's not great or fantastic or wonderful. And when do people have to vote? Do they have to vote in every single election, or is it just in the uh, big election for president? Good question. Uh, and, and the fact is, many people, especially on local levels, make their decisions. It's like, um, I've seen that person's name before. Yeah. 
they don't even know what they're voting for. And, you know, we've pointed out on this show that uh, we, we played the, the, the uh, Howard Stern bit where they went and asked uh, questions of uh, people in Harlem as to whether or not, um, you know, why they would be voting for Barack Obama. Essentially, do you agree with Barack Obama's choice of Sarah Palin as his running mate? Do you uh, like his Barack Obama's pro-life stance? And uh, essentially, these people Stern had, shouldn't get credit for that, by the way. Stern shouldn't? He aired it on his show. But it wasn't him. It wasn't his crew that did it. it was oh, it wasn't else. his crew? Oh, no. okay. Anyway, I, 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 it was off his show. Anyhow. So, and proving essentially that the people that they interviewed, some of the people that they interviewed, and I'm sure they uh, interviewed plenty of people that did know what they were talking about, but these people didn't know what they were talking about and voting for Barack Obama probably because of his color. And there's probably people that voted against him because of his color. And this is a stupid reason to vote for sure. someone. And, uh, you know, I don't need... More people with stupid reasons voting, canceling out my vote that I believe has been, uh, you know, thought out, researched, and all that other stuff. If you don't know what you're talking about, stay home. I don't need a law making you go vote. Is the point of this to make it seem more legitimate? What's the point of this? I think that's what it is, is that, um, you know, everybody needs to have a voice in their government. Well, no, they don't. They're, <laughs> you don't have a voice in your government even if you vote. Not much and Maybe, one. maybe you could argue... Squeak. Uh, yeah, maybe you could argue that on a local level, it's a squeak. On a national level, you're not being heard. So what, are the, what, else, what else is the story? One girl in my class said that my reaction was childish, that I should vote for <laughs> those who represent my values. She also said that she thinks it's a good thing if voting... I would if I could. Right. She <laughs> thinks it would be a good thing if voting would be mandatory because people would get a day off on voting day. Any, uh, uh, oh, people. Oh, people get a day off. Excuse me. I thought uh, that's a kind of socialist thing. They get a day off of work on voting day anyway. And she also said it would be mandatory oh, because see. it's our right to vote. Ah, so that that actually kind of a, is, that makes sense. I mean, I can see from her perspective what she's saying there is that hey. All you people are getting a day off from work, and you're just taking advantage of it. You should have to go out and vote if you want to get a day off. Now, I mean, from that perspective, that that particular position seems logical. I mean, it's an insa- it's an insane position, but at least that that's the most sensible point I've heard on the side of mandatory voting. Okay, well, um, we don't get a day off here in uh, in, in no. the United States that I know of, and I mean, an, an employer can choose to do that. Yeah. Uh, but you see, this is it's sort of the idea is um, if. I, I was thinking that the girl was going to be saying that we should all get a day off on voting day. I see. So, and, and which is sort of this communistic idea that money grows on trees and people don't make money through commerce. So, Let, yeah, we could just take 364 days off a year. Why, should, why don't we take all the days off and still get paychecks? Anyway, I reacted by telling her that I already vote for people who represent my values. I told her that I have the right to choose to um, to vote and that I use that vote and that, like her, I believe that people should be aware of their environment and should go vote. As for my childish vote, I wouldn't want to cooperate with a government that enacts such a fascist law. I'd rather some small one-issue party take control. We didn't have enough time for an in-depth conversation, but I would like to repeat what I thought is my most important point um, in the argument. I'm 27. I'm an adult. Not Even if um, not voting is a wrong decision, it's my decision to make. I'm an adult. You could still choose to not vote. They'll just throw you in a cage, right? I mean, what's the punishment? What's the punishment in these uh, these various different countries that mandate voting? Well, Peru um, mandates it. If you want to get out of it, you you can pay to get out of it. Uh, yeah, that's what uh, Manuel Laura from LuRockwell.com mm-hmm. uh, told me. But, but if you don't pay, then there's a cage waiting for you, right? I don't know. 
I mean, that, that's, that's the usually only how way they works. can. That's the only way they can enforce these laws, right? Yeah. It's either that or put some kind of lien on your property and right. you know to steal money from you. You know, that's again. We were talking earlier about taking baby steps into the realm of non-cooperation with these uh, absurd government mandates. And that would be a perfect example. I mean, for those of you in Australia, for instance, where it's mandatory to vote, apparently, that'd be a great example of uh, an experiment with non-cooperation. There's probably not a huge penalty behind it to where you could safely not vote, and they're going to come after you, and they'll do what they do. Normally, they send you a threat or something like that, and it's probably that way in Australia where you don't uh, If you're in Australia and you'd like to share the situation there with us, please, 800-259-9231. But presuming it's the same as Peru where there's, uh, there's a fine situation, you then make an issue of not paying the fine and then see what they do to you and bring as much attention to that as possible. I mean, that could make some news. Man thrown in prison cell for not voting. Sort of how if they throw me in a cell for having a couch out in the yard, it could make some news. Now, I don't expect that to happen, but would they do that to somebody who didn't vote? If you didn't vote and didn't pay the fine, do you think they'd go all the way and actually put you in a cage? Who has ever tested those waters? Has anyone ever not voted and followed it all the way to the end to see what they would do? This is what I'm talking about, this testing the waters, the taking the baby steps. You never know until you try it. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And uh, those features, by the way, include, whoop, include the bulletin board system which is over 400,000 posts. There's a lot of people talking about a variety of different things there, serious issues to fun stuff. you find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. Mark, did you have more of the uh, vo- mandatory voting thing, or are we done with that? Um, no, it's, uh, there's, it continues here. Okay, with the, um, let's keep going. Then. Tomer says... I was visibly passionate and angry during the discussion uh, with a uh, girl that advocates uh, forcing people to vote. I couldn't hide my disgust. I think some of it is because of the uh, years I listened to your show. Now, I'm not a libertarian or whatever you call yourself these days. and I'm a self-proclaimed neocon and proud of that. Oh, my. <laughs> Don't know what there's... Uh, likely he doesn't know what a neocon means uh, here in the United States, but maybe he does, and if so, it's nothing to be proud of. However, no. <laughs> I do believe that your show represent a, represents a perspective and a philosophy that most people don't think about. As I discussed and argued with that girl, I wished you guys could see me. I'm sure you have many listeners all over the world who internalize your values, at least to some extent. I think they, to some extent, people, all people want freedom. At least for themselves. For themselves, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that guy down the street they have a problem with. Right. You know. That guy that doesn't vote, he should be thrown in a cage. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> At least to some extent. You're trying to articulate them um, to dense individuals. I don't agree with everything you stand for. I understand that on some of our disagreements I may be wrong, but at the same time on some issues I, I know I'm right and you guys are dead wrong. 
Okay. Somebody's got to be right. Somebody's got to dig in there, so we'll just move on. Yep. What difference? I hope it motivates further. Um, it motivates you further to do the show when you see that by spreading your ideas, you can find common ground, even with a rabid Bush fan such as myself. Uh, oh, even gosh. sway me in some, on some issues. Of course, some issues I'll never be swayed, and I'm hoping that you guys would wake up one day and realize that you're wrong. But it's wait, dis- wait, wait, wait. How am I going to wake up and realize that? Something is wrong with not wanting to aggress against my neighbors, with wanting to honor my neighbors' choices, with uh, th- with allowing others to be free and live their lives how they want to. What could possibly, what could I possibly find out, or what sort of epiphany could I have that could bring me to that conclusion? I've never understood how anybody who could, who has truly internalized the message of liberty, could ever possibly go back to a message of statism and control over other people's lives. I don't understand it. To be shown that uh, liberty doesn't work. How's that? I don't understand what that means, Mark. Well, liberty it, doesn't it, it work. Would, like, what, it, wait, wait, it doesn't work to leave people whoa, alone whoa, 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 and whoa, whoa, let people whoa, whoa, whoa. be free? Did I claim that liberty didn't work? That's all I'm saying. How is that possibly, how could that not work at all? I mean, the opposite of liberty is control, and then for, therefore you're suggesting that if liberty doesn't work, then control does, which therefore then we're getting into the, uh, the, the question of, well, who should control who? Everyone should control everyone? Only one man should control everyone? I mean, it's, just, it's a maddening rabbit hole to go down, in my opinion. And, and it's not possible that liberty doesn't work because we have all of the evidence to show and to prove crystal clear, case after case, that allowing others to be free does work and it creates the best damn system for man inter- uh, to man to, uh, for man to interact with this common man period so he goes on by saying i'd rather refuse to vote and see where it lands me but, i hope you do by the way after well it's, it's not he doesn't have to vote i mean that would be somebody in australia sure, or Peru. i'm saying i hope that if it comes about i hope he actually sticks to his word yeah after the conversation on voting, the class started discussing the different views regarding violent video games. Naturally, I had plenty to say, both as a GTA fan and an FTL listener. Thanks for posting your show for free. Talk to you guys later. Got to go get some coffee. Okay, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Since we're talking about tyranny, let's turn to Larkin Rose and the magical disappearing crisis. Of course, uh... Larkin Rose sort of made a name for himself in the realm of tax, the tax freedom movement, spent a few years in federal minimum security prison as a result of not playing along with their little games. And he has moved on, and he's a Free State Project member, and Larkin is even more radically uh, pro-freedom than he's ever been. And so we go to this story. A main theme of my book, How to Be a Successful Tyrant, is how megalomaniacs just love to find an endless list of things to scare us with, and then turn around and promise to save us from those things if we'll just give the aspiring tyrants unlimited power. Such scare tactics work with poverty, war, crime, drugs, and the environment. In fact, just about anything that can worry people is used by politicians to scare us into surrendering our freedom and giving them power. Of course, if politicians ever actually solved any of the problems that they like to scare us with, they'd lose a piece of their power. So they never do. Not only is it impossible to name any problem that government has solved, but it's impossible to name any problem that they meddled with that didn't get worse. Drugs, terrorism, poverty, education, and the mortgage industry ad infinitum. Is 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 that because they're really bad at everything or because they're actually trying to make perpetual problems <laughs> in order to provide an excuse for them to have perpetual power? 
Now, it's in, it's an interesting question. I mean, certainly, you know, government is very inefficient and piss poor generally at everything that it does. But it's an intriguing question. Maybe they're failing on purpose. I don't know if anyone's ever asked that before or suggested that before. I, it seems unlikely to me. But Well, there was one guy in the recent John Stossel special, which was, I believe, called John Stossel's Politically Incorrect Guide to Politics. And there was a lawyer on that particular show who alluded to the idea that when government fails it creates an opportunity for the lawyers to write more laws hmm. and put those laws into effect, which, of course, will create unintended consequences, which they sort of know by now, and that will give them an excuse to write more laws. And, of course, the more laws there are, the more opportunities lawyers have to find clients for themselves, right? Hmm. All right, we continue. And while they sometimes use real problems for their scare tactics, they almost always greatly exaggerate the truth of the matter. And in some cases, they simply make up a problem that doesn't exist at all. As long as we're all scared of it, whether it's real or not, they can exploit the situation to increase their power. Now, if we stop being afraid of some particular issue, the tyrants quickly drop it and they try something else. If you doubt this... If you think the politicians are telling the truth and are looking out for our best interests, I ask you to consider one simple example, which will probably offend some of you. Not many years ago, you couldn't turn on the news without seeing a story about AIDS. It was an unimaginable epidemic, a plague that was going to wipe out the world if we didn't all throw all of our attention and money into finding a cure. The talk about it was constant from the media and from the politicians. We were told day in and day out that we were all one wrong move away from getting AIDS and dying. If you knew anyone who knew anyone who ever slept with anyone who knew anyone who once met someone who might have had AIDS, you were going to die. Unless, of course, you threw your money at the problem and let politicians create various programs and studies. There was an endless stream of heartbreaking stories of little kids who got it, hemophiliacs who got it, and even celebrities who got it. We were all doomed. Thankfully, in 2001, a cure for AIDS was discovered, and so the crisis was averted, and we stopped hearing about it. Oh, wait. No, it wasn't. A cure was never discovered. So when is the last time you heard AIDS even mentioned on television? When was the last telethon or fundraiser that you saw for AIDS awareness or research? When's the last time you heard someone expressing concern about AIDS in a movie or TV show or on the radio? What happened to all the cries that we'd be dead in ten years? And what happened to the crisis mongering? And why the heck is Magic Johnson still alive? Because it was all a lie. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> because it was all a lie, top to bottom, beginning to end. Yes, there are various immune disorders. And yes, some of them kill people. But the omnipresent nature of the disease and the huge likelihood of catching it were bald-faced lies. And as with every... Remember SARS? He doesn't mention SARS here, but SARS was kind of the scare of the moment a couple of years ago. That might be more uh, familiar to people. Anyway, as with every lie they tell, once people's terror started to fade a bit, the fear mongers dropped it. And they moved on to something else. Now, the final cure for AIDS was 9-11-01, which gave the tyrants a new lie to scare us with. A huge, intricate, global network of Muslim terrorists. The government needs unlimited power to protect us from them. Why? Well, because these evil do uh, doers are brilliant. They're everywhere. And they're well-funded and high-tech. We'll come back with more on this... Uh, endless line of scare tactics from the government people. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This 
is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, we need your vote. It's a monthly voting contest. We only ask you to do one vote here. It's all you need. It's not an everyday thing. It's just once a month. Go to vote.freetalklive.com. It takes you less than a minute. All you need is your email address. That's used for verification purposes to make sure you're a real-life human being. And then uh, you can leave a comment while you vote if you would like, but that's optional. What we need is your votes. That's the most important part because your votes keep us in the number one position, the number one podcast according to PodcastAlley.com. Being number one there means new listeners coming and discovering the show, which means new people finding the message of liberty. So if you want to help with us or help us with that, please go to vote.freetalklive.com. As we continue with this uh, email from Larkin Rose, it's an article. He uh, writes them quite frequently. LarkinRose.com is his website. And he's talking about the amazing disappearing crisis, or the magical disappearing crisis, as he points out. He's, uh, he's seeing a pattern, and that is that there are constant, there's constantly some new crisis that the government uh, really pumps up. And, of course, the media does whatever it is that government press releases say. So the media gets all up in a frenzy about it, too, whatever it might happen to be. He's pointed out that in the past it's been everything from uh, poverty to war to crime to drugs and the environment. And... And uh, then he gives AIDS as another example. At one point, AIDS was this huge problem. It was all over the news, and there was all kinds of coverage and and information going out there. And it was scary, and it was going to kill people. But now, but yeah, now where is that? And then there was the bird flu, and now where is that? Well, he goes on uh, with his thoughts here. And he says that as with every lie they tell, once the people's terror starts to fade, the fear mongers drop it, and they move on to something else. So the final cure for AIDS was 9-11-01, which gave the tyrants a new lie to scare us with, a huge, intricate, global network of Muslim terrorists. And, of course, the government needs unlimited power in order to protect us from them, because they're everywhere. They're brilliant, and they're well-funded and high-tech. Of course, there is no terrorism of which to speak in this country. That terrorism is on the rise worldwide. And, of course, the government will have you believe that it's all because of them, that it's right, the government. Somehow the government's managed to stop it. But you'd think they'd be uh, parading these terrorists around on television that they managed to catch. However, what they managed to put on TV is usually some guys that bought too many cell phones or something. Yep. And so over the last seven years, says Larkin, they've murdered thousands of Americans. Oh, wait. No, they haven't. They haven't carried out a single terrorist act on American soil for seven years. Is that because our all-caring government's keeping them in check? Hardly. Terrorism is really easy to commit. That's why desperate people with few resources do it. If there were even a hundred people bent on murdering Americans, and if they were even of average intelligence, it would have been ridiculously easy to kill hundreds if not thousands of people in this country every year. So why haven't they? Well, for the same reason that millions aren't dropping dead from AIDS every year, because it's all a lie, and it's not a very good one. At least when they lied about the Soviet Union, it was possible to imagine that there were a bunch of powerful, uh, ingenious Russians out to get us. Instead, there were a few power-happy Russian tyrants desperately trying, without success, to keep their own unstable empire from collapsing. But the way the American politicians and the media painted that picture, one day there was an all-knowing, all-powerful, evil empire bent on ruling the world, and the next day it was all gone for no apparent reason. 
And now we're all supposed to be scared of cave-dwelling terrorists who haven't so much as stubbed an American's toe in this country for seven years? Just how gullible are Americans anyway? Every time you watch the news or read a newspaper, keep in mind throughout all of recorded history, and no doubt before that, tyrants have always used fear to gain power. And considering how well it works, I doubt they'll be stopping anytime soon. Now, let's go be scared about global warming and give politicians some more power, because if we don't, it will kill us all. Larkin Rose from LarkinRose.com. Good stuff. 800-259-9231. It's a good one. So, and, and he's absolutely right. I mean, there, there's, I the AIDS one's the most interesting. You know, where where has AIDS gone? There's still some foundations out there. There's still some research going on. There's I remember there was uh, there was support a, groups at one point. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that there's some people dealing with these sort of immune diseases, but. You know, at one point there was type C HIV and the other, or, you know, AIDS, and then there was type E HIV or AIDS or something. And one, mm-hmm. and type E was much more virulent, and it was over in the, uh, um, in the Orient, and it was going to spread over here, and we were all going to die, die, die. Yeah. And no, nope, that not, so much. Yeah. not so much. Not so much. I don't know where it's gone. I don't know if people's sexual pra- practices have changed. Uh, oh, I doubt that. I, maybe not too much. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, maybe. Maybe they have. Uh, I, I imagine that intravenous drug users haven't changed that much, their their practices. So, uh, and, and back to the terrorism example, because I think it's particularly uh, poignant, considering it's the current scare. Um, back to the terrorism example... It really is. I agree with Larkin. It's so easy to commit terrorism. You don't need to hijack an airplane to commit terror. All you need to do is to be willing to inflict violence upon people on sort of a relatively mass scale in and that like, you're killing more than one person. And not really way. care what happens to yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the, the criteria. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there are more, many more people in the world or in America right now that would do all kinds right. of terrible violence if they thought they could get away with it. You, you could. Uh, you, well, right. You can get away with it. Right. In that you won't die at the end of it all. Sure. Right. Or, or get captured. Right. But but if these people are so fundamentalist, you know, if these terrorists are so dedicated, then it wouldn't be hard for them to build a bomb all by them, themselves using standard bomb-making uh, stuff that you can find in hardware stores and under your kitchen sink. And Supposedly you can they... find plans for these things on the Internet. It's not hard to build your own bombs. Uh, plus, you know, even if you don't want to go through the bomb-building route... Go find yourself a gun. Go up on a clock tower like that guy did back in the, what was it, the 60s or something like that? Remember the clock tower shooter? It was just like plinking How about the killdozer guy? The kill, that's a, well, that takes a lot of work. I'm just talking about easy terrorism. I'm talking about stuff you can do in, like, tomorrow if you want to. You know, go to the local school and start taking students out. Well, I don't recommend uh, any of this. No, but I'm the not fact saying is, that. The idea that the government claims that, yeah. you know, that, that they're protecting you from Ludicrous. terrorism. And none of this stuff has happened. And it's very easy to do. Yeah, it's so easy to do, and there no one's doing it, and it's because nobody really wants to hurt other people for the most part. Yeah, there's the occasional psycho out there. I'm not trying to, to, to deny that. There's the occasional crazy person who has no moral qualms with hurting others. Most of them are in government. So, yeah, there's some crazy people out there, but for the most part, the world is well. All is well out there. Everything's okay for the most part in general. And if there was really this big mass of uh, seething evil terrorists lurking around every corner waiting to blow you up, <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't be leaving your house, man. 
you would be calling Amazon to deliver your groceries and everything because you would not want to leave if there was real terror going on out there. And there's no such thing. Now, there is, okay, I take it back. There is real terror. It's uh, the government people. They are terrorizing people. But, I mean, as far as the, uh, the evil Muslim terrorists, the ones that you're supposed to be afraid of, they don't exist. So, well, but the government terrorists to do. some extent, uh, I mean, they're out there. There's certainly uh, religious extremists uh, in, in the Muslim religion that would, I think, do harm to Americans. I just don't think that they're doing it here now. And if they are going to do it, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, you're not doing it question. often enough for it to matter. You're more likely to die of the flu, which you're going to catch from anybody you meet um, in your you know daily life, than. To die from a terrorist. You know, oh, uh, Larkin's got a PS here, and it's worth reading. I know that one. Th- I know of one thing that is worth being scared of. It's killed on average a million people a year for the last century, and it has injured and/or impoverished billions more. It's called government. The founders warned us about it, but most of us forgot. And those are the true terrorists, in my opinion. The government people are the ones that, on a regular basis, are terrorizing innocent lives. We've talked about it tonight. Uh, we had the gentleman call in with the uh, the garage situation, where code enforcement bureaucrats have been threatening him over having a having a studio, an art studio, in his garage. And what's they an art studio really? Like an easel and some paints? Yeah, I mean, that's what? what it is. They say, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't park your car over here on the grass. You can't do that. And if you keep doing it, we're going to, what? We're going to fine you. And if you don't pay the fine, then we might either throw you in a cage or put a lien on your house. And then a few years later, after we lien your house, we can steal it from you. Oh, they call it a tax sale. They won't ever, ever call it stealing. But you and I both know what it is. And when people are being stolen from outright, when people are being threatened outright, they're being terrorized. If you're being threatened with a cage and having your home stolen from you, that's terror. They're instilling fear in you, and they're trying to get you to do what they want you to do. They're trying to get you to change your behaviors with their scary threats. The government's the real terrorists. Anyway, it's Benny in here with you. And Mark. And we're back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime. All of the stuff on our website is free, so enjoy all that while you wait. At freetalklive.com. Uh, wait, tomorrow is Friday, isn't it? Okay, so hopefully I'll be here tomorrow night. Otherwise, Let's Mark, hope so. you're going to have to find a co-host. <laughs> Good luck to me tomorrow. Uh, see you then, whenever that is, for me. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.